Hello, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. In today's episode, it's just Danette and I, and we're talking about the impact of negative experiences in the workplace. We both talk about one of our first jobs and our weird first days, so there's some funny stories in there. And also, we talk about Brene Brown's new course as well, which Danette is currently doing. Enjoy this episode and have a magical week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast, uh, one of our last ones for the year. I hope everyone's enjoying their holidays and winding down or getting the final bits ready for their holiday period. Uh, Today, we're having a nice little intimate one, which is just me and Danette. So, Danette, hello, and how are you? Hey, Jez, really good. Had a really good week. How about you? Yeah, really good. Good. The weather's starting to pick up slowly here in Melbourne, so that's always good. <laughs> um, and today we're going to be talking about the final uh, of our John Scullin series, the final one, which is the impact of negative experiences in the workplace. But before we get to that, I thought, uh, given that you have just started and I think finished your own version of Brene Brown's Dare to Lead course, uh, I think that a lot of people that listen to us might be also interested in Brene Brown's work. And if you haven't heard of her, go check her out. She's got heaps of great stuff to check out. Um, but I just thought if you would you be able to give us maybe one or two insights from the course uh, for people that may want to know a little bit more about it or things that you know could be relevant to them? Nice. Yeah. So Jez, um, the first one which I really like is the basically the way you are is the way you lead. So um, if we're not aware then we're going to lead as an unaware leader. So, um, you know, this is all about learning to be vulnerable, which is actually as a leader asking for help and saying you don't know everything versus trying to pretend you do. And um, the bit that I was just sharing with Jeremy just before we started was um, something that I'd never made this connection with, that um, your values and your self-care are quite well aligned. So if you can link um, your values to the type of self-care that you do, it actually um, is really effective. For example, my two top two are freedom and contribution. And everyone's words, so the words mean different things to different people. So contribution for me um, is about giving back and making the world a better place. And the freedom is the ability to be able to manage my time in a way that works most effectively for me. And so with self-care, one of the things that I love to do is, you know, when at the sort of middle of the day, wherever I am, where I hit a bit of a funk and my energy is gone, I'll give myself permission to leave my work area and actually go and read or watch a course because one, that gives me the freedom to do it in my time, which works with my body and my energy. But two, I'm learning stuff that I then share with other people to help them grow and learn and never thought of it that way. And I was saying to Jeremy just then, yeah, for some people, the thought of going and learning something which may not be part of their values, they'll be like, oh, yeah, how does that make you feel better? But for me, it's like drinking, um, you know, lots of water. It's just amazing. It makes me feel good. So uh, I really like that connect. Funny out first your value and what's really important and then thinking about how you can do your self-care that aligns to that. So that was a really good insight. I've got one to share towards the end as well, but I'll, I'll leave that for later. <laughs> Great teaser, Mum. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Practice that one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So hopefully everyone is enjoying that stuff. And if you want to check it out, you can go have a look at Brene Brown's Dare to Lead course. So all good stuff there. Or you can check out her book, uh, Dare to Lead, uh, which I believe it's based on. So that's awesome. Uh, All right. So I thought let's talk about 
Uh, again, today we're talking about the impact of negative experiences in the workplace. And I thought today we could talk about um, the first question, which is what experiences could be negative work experiences? And I'll throw this to you, Dinah. Excellent question. And I, I looked at this two ways. So I could have created the negative experience or it could have created in the, in the workplace. So first one, my first ever professional job, one, I got given the wrong address. So I turned up late because... I, it was back in the days where you had to pick up a phone and dial, so no mobile phones. So I had to go, this is a building under construction. There's no way I can get to level 21 because there's not like, and then it's, I rang them and they're, oh, sorry, we gave you the wrong address. Like, oh. Then that same day, so that was me, uh, oh, and them a little bit because obviously the address was wrong. Then um, late to the induction and they said, oh, we've sent people off to do a DOS training course, which is computer type thing. So I arrived late at that and then um, me and the girl I partnered with, first thing we did was wiped my partner, as in accounting partner of major accounting firms, hard drive on his computer. <laughs> on his laptop and that was like <laughs> and at the stage I was like maybe I'm not cut out for this work <laughs> anyway I went you know what go home sleep you'll be fine and that that actually taught me that you know sometimes just crap happens you're gonna have a bad day and just dust yourself off and, and move forward and the partner he was like you know what um, that reminded me to back up my hard drive. So that's not a bad thing. So it was pretty good. And he teased me as he was a partner on um, a couple of audits I did. From <laughs> so I think sometimes it's what you do. Sometimes it's what others do. Um, I think, you know, when an organisation, say you start and they don't induct you, they don't welcome you, they sort of go, there's your desk, get your work done. We're tribal creatures so not feeling like we're welcomed into a, a tribe can be great so that goes for you know any behavior that isolates people belittle stereotypes them all of those sort of things where we don't feel included that's going to trigger the threat response in our brain so we're going to go to that fight or flight and it's very difficult to bring your best self to the workplace then having been treated like that I think sometimes too roles like that you have no or low control over you. So um, you just have to do, no one asks for your input um, and lots of stress. If it's continuously stress, so a little bit of stress grows us, but if it's always that, you know, expectation that you've got to over and, you know, time off is weakness and all of those sort of things, that old culture that was like, you know, you burn the midnight candles, none of that is a great work experience. And I think the values big, coming back to that, if you pick an organisation where you work out pretty early on, your values are very different to the organisation and not in a good way, that can just create a bad work experience. And then I just think if you've got a boss, um, a very emotionally unintelligent boss, um, someone that, say, steals your credit work you've done um, or plays favouritism, all that's same with if you're dealing with lots of angry clients, all of those don't make work fun. Yeah. What about you, Jez? What are some of your experiences? Um, well, one of the things that I found with, uh, I actually had a similar story. I think you'll remember this. When I first got my job at um, 
this marketing company on the first day. You were nice enough to drop me off, but unfortunately we got stuck in traffic and so I was a little bit late. Um, and then when I got there, uh, I opened up my laptop to start working again. They were just like, you know, feel yourself out. Um, <laughs> and, right. and I had your laptop and you were going uh, on a flight uh, that day. So that was a, a good start as well. But again, it was the same as just this is stuff is bound to happen at some point. Whenever you're trying to make a good impression, it's always bound to happen. So, uh, <laughs> so that's all right. Um, <laughs> but as long as they're, as long as the work culture is accepting of that and they understand that, you know, people's first day, things are bound to go wrong at some point, then I think that's okay. Yes. Um, in terms of uh, other stuff, I, uh, I had a couple of things that uh, what experiences could be negative work experiences. I had ones that um, typically I find that when some when someone high up in the business is under a lot of stress for whatever reason, uh, it can really put a lot of stress on everyone else in the, um, in the business. And it can actually sort of undo a lot of good things that happen when people aren't feeling as stressed out. Um, so whether yes. that be, you know, feel free to have good ideas or try new ideas that can tend to disappear pretty quickly. And unless, you know, and also people that are higher up may have less ability to see bigger visions. Um, so I think that can also yes. be a little, a little intense. Um, but yeah, so that, that was my thoughts on what could be some negative work experiences. Also, if the culture is is bad and it's a it does involve a lot of competition i used to work at a retail outlet and yes. part, part of the philosophy of that retail outlet was that they always had to have um casual work available signs out the front and the managers had to hire new people uh, at least once a month and uh, basically what happened was at the end of each month they'd cull the person with the lowest statistics that they had worked out and so it made the oh, yeah, it made the oh, working environment sure. very, very competitive, uh, which is not good when you're trying to, it doesn't encourage people to help each other, which in the end, uh, you know, this business is now no longer in business. And I think it makes sense why it was too, it was much too intense. And they would really keep you on task to a specific uh, set of statistics. And if you weren't meeting those, you'd be getting a lot of talking to yeah. So yeah, that was a quite an intense one and uh, a bad working experience, but it was a good good lesson for me to uh, look at how some places run and how that can work or not work. Yeah, true. Actually, I, I just remembered another one. This has happened to a few people that I've been dealing with lately that um, their organisation does performance appraisals and um, will give, you know, they'll be rated by their team and their, their immediate boss and that as, you know, high performer and then the organization's got a has to give bonuses to so many but doesn't you know doesn't want to give it to everyone so they then so say um five is the top um rating they'll then mark them back to a three or or a um or a four and so you take your high performers and you demotivate them by telling them they're high performing and then saying ah oh, but we're not going to give you that rating and we're not going to give you that high bonus either that's like that's that's just weird <laughs> yeah yeah it's, i think sometimes uh with these types of approaches it can be something that it when it's on paper it makes sense but i think with many of these types of approaches you have to consider it not what are your intentions but how can someone cheat the system because someone will cheat the system it's just up to you yep. to try and create a system that rewards 
if someone's going to cheat it, they're going to do it in a good way. Like, for example, if you were to have a uh, system that rewarded people who did charity work, then even the people that cheat that system by doing the most charity work to get a bonus or whatever, it's actually still <laughs> doing good. Uh, so you, yes. know, you, you have to kind of incentivize positive action, I think, uh, in those sort of scenarios. Or, or if it was to, you know, um, who can help the most people in the organization this week. Yes. Again, if someone's trying yes. to hack that, it's still a positive to the uh, business. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. And they, and I think also, you know, some, I think a lot of what we've talked about as well, it's these are unintended sometimes yes. the, the negative experiences. These people aren't trying to ruin their own business. It's, it's trying to yeah. make it better, trying to simplify how you can, uh keep a very high quality but it can yes. unfortunately have bad uh, knock-on effects yes yes so speaking of that what are some of the short-term effects of bad work experience yep so if if i go back to that first day of mine um having the wrong address um caused me stress i was anxious um when i um wiped the hard drive of my boss I was like oh no so I felt a bit shamed I felt like I'm going to lose my job so it wasn't a great feeling at all um, and I think some of the ones I've seen in myself where it hasn't perhaps been a good values fit with another organization I tend to um, think about what's been said and done and and I'll toss and turn at night so it, it um, impacts my sleep um, what I see in some people is they'll try harder to, to fit in or to do what's right or they'll do the opposite, they'll disengage. Um, and sometimes, you know, depending on our attitude and, and how we can sort of reframe what we're experiencing, we can see it as an opportunity to learn and grow. But depending on what else is going on in people's lives, it can make their life more stressful, um, less happy, et cetera. So, yeah, and they again, like you said, Jez, they may not be intended consequences, but they certainly have an impact on how the person shows up and how they perform. What about you? What have you seen on top of those? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a it's a lot of the stuff that uh, what like kind of what you're mentioning. I think also is what I was thinking, which is it has a lot of um, unintended kind of uh, life consequences mm. that can really have more knock on effects coming back into the. Uh, into the workplace so you're right if people are feeling stress uh, then they probably can't be their best they can't um, sort of have their have access to their most sort of free ideas which typically can be stuff that can really help the the business if they feel like they can talk about them but uh, if in the immediate future if someone's if one of their head people is under stress or they're put in newer uh, rules that reward a certain type of work then it can really shut down other types of work um, mm. which can be valuable for your your thing i also with, with that uh under sleeping i also have noticed uh overworking people that are just trying to put yes. in too much time and it's again yep. this is something that's going to have a knock-on effect in their life whether it be that they're not home to talk to their family or friends uh, mm -hmm. enough and then that destroys that can sort of hamper those relationships and then then that has to be something that they later will bring into the workplace because it's obviously going to affect them um, yes. and then I, I thought also um, I've noticed this when uh, there's been a bigger shift um, uh, in terms of stress in the organization that staff turnover it can happen pretty quickly where oh yeah 
yep. you see two or three people just uh, head out pretty quickly. Um, yes. So that also, and obviously hiring and retraining everyone is not the easiest thing. So uh, that yes. can also be um, an annoying and tough consequence. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Go. No, no, no. You go, Jess. Sure. Well, I was just going to jump on to our third question here, which is the, uh, what is the longer term effects of bad work uh, experience? Yeah. So I think your point about the high turnover, mm. um, what I see is people who can um, will often leave because um, they just know this isn't the environment for them. Um for those that can't leave um, for many different reasons, they either stay really stressed and are not effective or they might end up on something like stress leave. Mm. Um, it obviously has an impact on their mental health, their physical health, so they'll often end up with challenges there. Um, so we don't tend to get the best in people when they're in that circumstances. Some people are able to reframe and learn and grow but often if it's not a really good culture people want to sort of move on and get away from it um so I, I've had some people stay in cultures where they were not a good fit at all and over time they started to believe what the organization was messaging them so they lost confidence um, they didn't believe that they were worthy of a better job um, and when they finally either got sacked or they left, they were like, oh, why did I wait so long? Um, why didn't I get out earlier? Mm. So, yeah. What about yeah. you, Jess? What, what are some of the long-term things you've seen? Well, I mean, I think that that last point you had was really good, which is that uh, you're wasting a talent. Um, mm. It could be better serving your workplace, but if you have certain goals and this person's skill set isn't necessarily completely adjacent to them it can be tough for both you and them because you feel like they're not giving their full potential and they aren't giving their full potential but it's because they don't feel like they can mm. um i was gonna say uh, so i've kind of split this as well into two how you did with the first question which is as an employee and as a boss so as an yes. employee i think your work can become unfulfilling and uninspired and I don't yes. think this necessarily has to do with the type of work. I thought when I worked at Hogsbreath, I actually had a great time and it was very fulfilling because they were very open with how you could do it. So this was just working at a restaurant for people that are oh, um, outside of Australia. Uh, but their their approach was so lax that it actually was fun to go to work and it was and it felt like I was doing some stuff and I felt like I was doing well. Uh, yep. And I've, you know, had more um, sort of like, I guess, office jobs that I have had the opposite feeling. So, yes. so it's not, it doesn't have to do with the type of work necessarily. It's just to yes. do with True. how the how you feel when you're at the work. Um, and as you were saying as well, uh, as an employee, it may force you to leave the industry. You, you may feel like you've been yes. burned too much by the people that, and this particular style of work. And you might think, oh, this whole type of work is not for me. Whereas it may have just been the, way that that business was run and there may be an actual version you may still be a good talent in that area um and then if you're the boss uh you can end up with a uh, toxic workplace which is uh mm. which can be hard to go to work every day especially if you have to work in the same office and i i saw this a little bit uh, when i was at my marketing job not only in there um but but also with other uh businesses that we were looking at and trying to help 
is that um, sometimes if you're the owner of a business and you've developed a, a particular type of culture and it's it's created a toxic workplace, you end up being stuck in a business that you no longer like. I knew a lot of people that, that owned businesses that didn't <laughs> want to own them anymore, but they didn't know what to do. So, yep. uh, and so, so you can kind of trap yourself by creating a bad culture. You can actually trap yourself in your own sort of weird um, business thing. So, so it's so true. Yeah. So, and, and it's, again, it's not, that doesn't have to be the end of that. You can, no. fix, you can fix that. And uh, obviously, you know, that's, a, that's some of the stuff that we do here at Magical Learning is help people reestablish that um that so that they can have a good workplace and enjoy their business uh so yeah so yeah i, I just think uh yeah if you have if you produce these negative things they're going to come back to you so it's it's about supporting your staff yeah and and you know it reminds me jez that something that um we talk about all the time when we're doing leadership training is that you know um that whole culture thing starts at the top of the organization so if you're in a leadership position and you're not liking what you're experiencing rather than looking outwards and going you know look at all these other people and what they're doing it's like okay what am I doing that is creating this culture so it, it requires that self-reflection to go all right that person's doing that where, where might I be doing that and I've got a blind spot around that um, because literally you can change leaders and you can watch cultures change overnight and it's like okay that person right in the top position in the ceo um, position they might not see everyone every day but their behavior ripples through the organization as does the senior leader so yeah it is a great opportunity to reflect and go okay how do we do this better Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Well, uh, thank you for answering all the questions today, Danette. I just wanted to get your final thoughts of the impact of negative experiences in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And this one I got out of the um, Dare to Lead. So this is the one I said at the front I would share with you. Um, so we always talk about we're tribal creatures and, and part of that um, being tribal is that we are hardwired to need connection. So role, you know, part of the role of being a leader is that we create a safe environment um, and, you know, we see the best in our people, et cetera. One of the things I learned in the Dare to Lead course, which was run by the Hatchery, fabulous um, organisation, and the facilitator, Michelle Holland, was awesome. So I just wanted to acknowledge them. One of the things that um, the questions that they asked, and I want everyone as I ask this question to reflect straight away, what was your first gut reaction to this? And then we'll talk through the answer. So the statement is, I believe that everyone is doing the best they can. Yes or no? So what they found, um, and this is in the Brene Brown research, is that the people that answered yes are often almost apologetic in answering yes, that they believe that everyone is doing the best they can. But what they know is that they are kinder to themselves and kinder to their their staff. The people that answer no, often the answer is a very adamant hell no. People aren't bringing uh, doing the best they can, and what they've discovered is that they tend to have quite high perfectionist tendencies, and that means that they're harder on themselves and on others. And so one of the the insights I got from that, because I'm a hell yes, I always believe that everyone's trying the best that they can. And my role as a leader is to help empower people to bring their best selves to work. 
we need to ask ourselves on those days where we're not achieving what we want to achieve, what lens or perspective am I looking at and looking through when I'm dealing with my people? Is it about empowering and lifting them up or is it about that belief that they are you know, not doing the best, they're slacking off, et cetera, et cetera? So that to me was a, a really interesting insight um, and it's certainly worth reflecting on what your answer to that particular statement is because that gives you some insight as to how you show up and it might be quite subconscious. So, yeah, that was a long way of answering that question, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was really good. And I think it's um, something that I've learned while I've been at ML is that, you know, if someone, uh, if you don't feel like someone's doing the best, it's probably because they need some support somewhere to reestablish mm. themselves to get back in their best position and yes. keep going. So at that point, it's just a good idea to help them out a little bit. And then you should get back to kind of what you were expecting uh, from yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, this is this is really really good. I uh, it has kind of inspired me to talk a little bit about something that I've been um, working on, but we'll do that next week. I think I've got awesome. a fun a fun topic for next week about different types of creativity. Um, oh, awesome! And, and we can uh, take a look at that. But uh, I wanted to thank you very much, uh, Danette, for being on the call. It's nice to just have uh, just a one-on-one again, a throwback to <laughs> an old style of ML podcast. Uh, if you're listening, thank you for listening. We've had a great year so far, so keep listening. Yep. Um, and uh, other than that, I want to thank you, Danette, and I want everyone to have a magical week. Awesome. And thank you very much, Jez. And yes, everyone, have a magical week and really looking forward to that topic next week, Jez. Thank you for listening to the Magical Learning Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, wherever you're listening to this, you can go back and listen to a lot of our old topics. You'll find the format changes a little bit, which is quite fun. So there's a lot of different styles of podcasting here. You can also watch each of our podcasts on YouTube. There'll be a link in the description if you prefer to do that. Uh, If you have any suggestions or would like to be on a on a podcast in the future please let us know we'd love to help out and as always if you need any help with anything please reach out have a magical week